the same My steps Praise your Let's sing it again Order my steps In your word dear Lord Lead me and guide me Every day Father I pray Order my steps In your word Please order my steps in your word. I want to walk worthy. Oh, according to thy word. Please order my steps, Lord. And I'll do your perfect will. The world is ever changing. Oh, but you are still song, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Amen. This sounds really loud. Am I loud out there or is it okay? Sounds okay. Good. Well, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's my rock and my shield. He gives power to all. Yeah. 
Amen. God's not dead. He is alive. God's not dead. He is alive. God's not dead. He is alive. I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. I feel him in my heart. I feel him all over me. Amen. God's not dead. He is alive. God's not dead. He is alive. God's not dead. He is alive. I feel him in my head. I feel him in my heart. I feel him in my heart. I feel him all over. One more time. God is good all the time. Amen. He is good. Even when we are feeling like we are going through some of our toughest battles, amen, and we feel the weakest, he's still good. Amen. Amen. God is good all the Oh uh-huh. 
sing that second verse again? Well, we were sinners, so unworthy, yet for us He chose to die. Filled us with His Holy Spirit, so we could stand and testify. Course again, one more time. God is good. Oh, God is good all the time. It's a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. In the darkest His light will shine. My God is good all the time. great having everybody here again. I so enjoyed myself this weekend. I uh, enjoyed uh, Friday night face-to-face this morning, UFOs and snacks. It was just, uh, no, but on, uh, <laughs> poor Brother Paul, he's going to shoot me afterwards. Jonah, I just really enjoyed that. And the personal walk with Jesus, amen, is just, it's been awesome. I'm really looking forward to tonight. I, uh, was thinking of that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, Look Full in His Face. Amen. I just want to sing that song as we um, get ready to open the service in a word of prayer and we take our prayer requests. That's what I want. Is that what you want? Amen. It's just look upon His face for Him to see me. I just, man, that it touched me so much, these services. Let's sing that, Sister Becky. Turn your eyes upon, upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth, they will grow in the light of His glory and grace. Let's sing it one more time. Yes, turn, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonder. the things all over they will grow strange strangely dim in the light of his glory 
just continue to play that. We had quite a few prayer requests that were um, mentioned. Uh, Brother Mitchell mentioned this morning. We just want to continue, though, to remember Brother Ethan and Sister Anna. Richard are not doing well. Continue to remember our Brother Danny Florian, who's recovering from knee surgery. Uh, Sister Ashley Buchanan's not feeling well tonight, so we want to remember her. If you have any unspoken prayer requests, I'm going to ask Brother Jonathan Benton if he could come and just open the service in a word of prayer. It's good to have them here with us. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, just come to you tonight. We asking for your presence, Lord, to fall in this place, Lord, like it's done all weekend, Lord, and we just thank you for that. And Lord, we know that as a bride, we want to come together and take every opportunity and make the most of these opportunities, Lord. And we just know that you're here every time, and we thank you, Lord, and just invite your presence. And Father, we just pray that you would be with all these prayer requests tonight. We know that there are lots of needs around the world, Father, and we know that you're an on-time God, and you're aware of all of them, and we just pray that you'd be in each situation, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may have your seats. We've got lots of specials tonight, so we're going to do things a little different. We're going to sing a song. Then I'm going to have the ushers come up right after that. And then immediately, as soon as they're done, Brother Keith is going to sing. And Brother Barry is going to come out and uh, bring out the rest of the specials and some other announcements he has. Let's sing that song, um, Falling in Love with Jesus. This, uh, this weekend, it just... I was teasing Brother uh, Paul there a little bit. This this weekend so far, the meeting so far, have really gripped me specifically about that personal relationship. Amen? That it's it's not a group. It's not your spouse. It's not your mom. It's not your dad. It's you. Amen? And falling in love with him is just, since uh, last night, man, that's just been going around with, in my head all night of falling in love with him. Amen. <clears throat> falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Oh, falling in love with Jesus. Was the best thing I had ever done. Let's sing that again. Falling in love. Oh, falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. the best thing I ever done. In his arms. In his arms I feel 
protected in his arms never disconnected in his arms I feel protected there's no place I'd rather be falling in love falling in love with Jesus falling in love with Jesus falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I ever done in his arms in his arms I feel protected in his arms never disconnected in his arms I feel protected was the real place I'd rather be let's sing that one more time in his arms in his arms I feel protected In his arms Never disconnected In his arms I feel protected There's no place I'd rather be Falling in love Falling in love with Jesus Falling in love with Jesus Falling in love with Jesus the ushers come amen is that the best thing you ever done amen brother Tom if you could ask the lesson on the offering As they uh, take up the offering, as Brother Keith's getting ready there, real quick, a um, couple things just to remember. Men's meetings closes midnight tonight. Midnight tonight. So if you haven't registered yet, it's now or never. So if there's anybody that hasn't registered yet, uh, tonight by midnight. Also, the world-famous Barry Coffee desk. It was Brother Barry's desk for a long time. He got a new desk. And we are looking to give away his old desk. So if anybody's interested, please come and see me after service. And uh, we would love to donate it to a happy home. So if anybody's interested and needs a desk for your home office, uh, please see me after the service. Brother Keith.
sure is good to be in the house of the Lord as I come in this morning. I just walked in the Brother Barry's office back there and it was just like this incredible presence. It was left here from last night. I certainly hated not being here, but I'm so thankful that we can come in to an atmosphere like this, that we can just shut everything out because the time that we're living in now. You know, I went into that old doctor's office this week and I was sitting there saw these people coming in that I knew was in serious conditions didn't have any hope and I thought Lord how many of these people have worked their whole lives to have nice homes nice cars maybe six seven zeros in their bank account here they are at an oncologist what good is it doing them now rather have Jesus than anything that this world could afford today. This song's just been on my heart. Help me sing it. I'm trying to get through it here. He means so much to me. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold rather be his than have riches untold I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I love this. He's fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out of the cold. Think about it. He's all that my hungry spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus in to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than in 
this world affords today. Oh, I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. This world affords today. That is a righteous cry. Sister Jessica, if you'd come, and uh, she's going to sing for us tonight, and then uh, Sister Lillian Ann is going to sing for us after that. So we appreciate each and every one of you being here. I'd like to say thank you to everybody who worked so hard today to make such a lovely lunch available for us, and uh, really appreciate all the deacons' wives and the work that they do, and everyone from setting up chairs and all the rest of it is just uh, wonderful. And after church tonight, we have... Uh, something special for you, so uh, it'll be nice to be able to fellowship there if we only had a real fireplace, but we'll have uh, enough to be able to do so. It'll be really nice. So, Sister Jessica, good to have the Bentons with us this weekend. Baby. 
a savior who knows right where I am and hears my prayer in the midst of all the problems and burdens of this life I will call upon the one who can get me through the
Brother Paul, if you would come on, you and your family's going to sing, I think, a little bit. And uh, if you need some BG vocals, let me know. Good to have some of the Cockmans here tonight. God bless you and uh, all of our young people who are here. Uh, we are, uh, we've been blessed this weekend for sure and just appreciate God's goodness to us. Um, I'm going to ask you to remember uh, we have a trip coming up. This is the first time in about 10 years that I've been back over in the Russian-speaking lands. Uh, spent many, many uh, years over there traveling. And uh, are these for me? Oh, okay. And uh, we'll be leaving around uh, 1 o'clock on Tuesday, and then uh, by the time Thursday night rolls around uh, your time, uh, we'll be getting in over there. It's a, a long journey, and, and it's incredibly complex now because of the traveling restrictions that you have. It's not like it used to be for sure. Brother Burley is going to be going with me, and uh, we're going to be traveling part of the time together and, and then meeting uh, in the meeting place over there, and uh, we'd ask you just to remember that uh, trip in your prayers, if you don't mind, and um, just trust that the Lord will bless them. They have been through war, have been through separation, have been through some real doctrinal difficulties since the last time I've been there, and um, when this opportunity arose, I just really prayed about it and uh, want to go over and just encourage them uh, after all they've been through, and uh, just to visit with them. And, and um, Brother Elias found out about the trip, and he was, you know, hey, that's close. And uh, But we're, we're just going to make a, a quick trip and, and be back from Ukraine. So we'd ask you to remember myself and Brother Burley as we travel um, on, that, on that journey, if you don't mind, starting on Tuesday at 1. Brother Paul. could tell a story If my heart could sing a song And if I have a testimony If I have anything at all
should treat one another with the utmost respect understand and be kind with great love to project if we really saw each other through God's eyes there's a royal blood we all would Recognize We are a family Born of royalty His sons and his daughters Children of the King Let the character of his kingdom And his glory be Come way too common Forgetting who we are 
We can take what's for granted Who are special to God's heart The way I treat my brother I treat Christ For these he went and paid the highest price We are a family Born of royalty His sons and his daughters Children of the King Let the character of his kingdom And his glory be smiles and says well done to the ones he calls his own all our crowds will just lay down and start to worship our great king for there's only one thing left for us to sing we are his family daughters, children of the King, and the character of His kingdom, and His glory is revealed in you and me. We are His family. Hallelujah. Oh, we his family Oh, we are His family We are born of Appreciate all these specials, and uh, without any further ado, we're going to turn it to Brother John uh, this evening, and uh, we wanted to mention as well all of our guests who are online tonight, and we welcome them. We have a large group of folks that are listening, had some nice comments from them following along in the services on the weekend, and so uh, we appreciate that venue for those that are not able to be here. But we appreciate Brother John, Brother Paul, and uh, the not only... Uh, for their sacrifice of their time, but just the way that they yielded themselves uh, to bring a, a really uh, continuous uh, message to us, and, and we appreciate that very much. Uh, let's stand to our feet tonight, and we're going to sing Have Your Way, and uh, invite Brother John to come uh, this morning. I believe that uh, 
The last overseas trip that Brother Paul made was to Zimbabwe, was that right? What year was that? Ten years ago? Brother Aaron was in the congregation as a high schooler? Yeah, college, college student. Brother Paul was there singing. It was about 10,000 people, I think, who were there in the audience. And, and uh, that's, that's a small world when you think about it. But imagine what it would be like, you know, when you get over on the other side, right? And, you know, you just start to connect all these pieces together. And, man, just, just be wonderful, you know. And just it'll just go on and on. And you don't have to depart and leave and go, go to work and go to different places, you know. You just be able to stay together and, and that atmosphere. And you think about, you know, how, how nice this is. And you don't have to wrestle and struggle with things. And, and then just... You know, a thousand years later, say, yeah, you know, let's, let's do it again. There's another thousand years. Time won't matter. That's just amazing. Have your this our prayer. Have your way. strengthen me tonight and speak lip to ear, face to face to me. Lord, we're in the evening time and the afternoon today. It's warm on the outside and we've fellowshiped, we've ate food together and I pray tonight though as we've come together one more time, one last time before we say goodbye, Lord, we know we're getting closer and closer to that day that our brother Barry spoke about when we'll all be changed and together. Lord, until then, we need your divine, supernatural hand in our lives. And we want to send you, Jesus. Even tonight, we don't want it to be an ordinary service. 
We don't want it to be an ordinary time that we struggle against our flesh, just uh, tiredness, weariness, Lord. But I pray that you would give us divine energy and divine strength as you put vitamins down into our lives. Lord, while we hear the word, I pray that we would all be filled again and refreshed as our brother Paul and sister Rebecca and their dear daughter sang. We just knelt down in the back room, lifted our hands and surrendered our lives to you again, Lord. Oh, Jesus, let our times together be so open and real that we can be so open with one another and with you that you would just come and fill our lives. Bless your name tonight, Lord. We praise your name. Be glorified as we receive your message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And everyone said... Thank you, musicians. Don't you think they did wonderful today? Just, hallelujah. Just a real blessing. Thank you. Turn around and wave to somebody. Wave to a friend. Amen. Shake hands if you want to. I don't know. what's. I'm just going to let you have your seats for a moment before we turn to the Word. Is our Lord wonderful? And uh, we thank the Lord for the special weekend of services. And some are visiting tonight. Uh, from uh, local places, and some came a long way. Brother and Sister Benton came a long way. And um, I think Brother Stephen Coffey is still trying to drive here to get here for the service. I, I've got a little sticky note to w- wait for Brother Stephen Coffey because I want to say something. Amen. <laughs> so I've got that down in my notes. And who appreciated the service this morning from my brother Paul? And my, 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 the personal walk of God, work of God and what he's doing. I did have a a question, Brother Paul. Maybe you could answer. A deep theological question. Would you all like to know what I had in my mind? Brother Paul, did Jonah have snacks in the whale's belly? Was there snacks down there? Um, He did. Okay. I mean, you know, we think about these things all the time in the whale's belly. Was there light switches? You know, was there food? Was there Starbucks? You know, was there internet? Was there, could he charge his cell phone? I don't know, Sister Lisa, but Sister Lisa had a friend this, Sister Rebecca. Where'd I get Sister Lisa from? I don't know. Was her name Lisa? No, no. And she really enjoyed the service, didn't she? Did she say much about it? Isn't that wonderful? My, after all these years, God would bring someone uh, to the meetings. I think that's real personal, don't you? And and that He would uh, speak even this morning on a personal relationship with God and a deeper relationship with God and to know that from uh, Dallas to Charlotte, we got those seven pages of notes for you all. Did you all appreciate that? My goodness, if you want a copy of them, you can't have them because they're, I guess I could get them to you somehow. But the Lord is so personal, isn't He? And then uh, this morning, about two o'clock in the morning, or I wrote my title for tonight because I was getting my tickets for the men's meetings and studying after last night's service. And, and our service tonight, our title is A Personal Relationship Raptures You. And then Brother Paul comes and speaks on a personal relationship with God. Isn't that amazing? I mean, does the Lord have a theme this weekend? 
So I already had that all prepared. I had it prepared this morning. Amen. But the Lord had it all prepared for us. So welcome to the heart of God where He just, you know, forgets about the crowd and He just comes right to you personal. Do you like that? Or, or do you all want a God way up in the clouds where He's just, you can't touch Him, you can't feel Him. Church is boring. Do you all want to go to a church like that? No, serving Christ is alive. It's, I think for our children and our young people, they deserve a generation that they see their fathers, mothers, and the older ones on fire for God. And we have something to be alive about. And, and truly, I'm, I have a, a tender heart for the young people of the message, being born and raised in the message in uh, these many years. I think our father and mother is streaming tonight, and many said that they would be streaming, but we just invite you to get plugged in to the presence of God. And Brother Barry and Sister Becky, you are certainly a, a gem to us. And this local assembly, but also globally. I don't know if this assembly gets all the photos you send and videos from, from uh, Africa, but it, just even in the last few hours, the books they've received, vision books and the Bibles, it's just incredible. It's an explosion. Brother Paul said the right word. And here we are sitting in Hickory, North Carolina. I mean, we're, you know, um, we've got so much to be thankful for. And some are hearing it for the first time or they're hearing quotes or hearing things it's like, wow, they're, they're believers just like you. So let's stand tonight and turn right to the Word in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Thank you for your love for supporting us also and giving us a, a motel room to sleep in and, uh, and just all the, t the things you've done to make this weekend. I trust when you go home that it would be more than stories and more than quotes and things, but it would be something that would just really lodge deep in your heart. Do you want that kind of a gospel? I mean, that you can just feed from it for days, maybe 40 days, you know, the food that those birds brought to the prophet for 40 days. He just ate off of that. That's good vitamins, isn't it? Lord Jesus, we've turned to the Word now in First Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. And if that is something that we all desire more of, God is love. We're not here to talk about you or talk about the message, talk about the token. We're here to apply it and get into it. And the presence that we have sensed this morning, last night and tonight, my, as the musicians sang, as the ones sang their songs, Lord... Lord, when David played the instruments and evil spirits were cast out of Saul, I believe the same thing happened tonight, Lord. Do, do we realize what we have? Do we hold precious and close to our hearts, Lord, the, these precious moments that we share? It's come so close tonight, and may the supernatural come in and give us the mind of Christ. I pray, Jesus, send angels and ministering spirits to Hickory Bible Tabernacle tonight. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Now it is Sunday night, and you've ate today in fellowship, so you might have to work a little bit. Amen? If you start just your eyelid, and you just get, well, just, you know, do something. Shout hallelujah. I mean, shock yourself. or You know, this isn't the time to sleep. I know it's, it's tough. And I'll do all we can to make it personal for you. Amen? 
All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. My, just the first three words is so powerful. Charity, love. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect or mature is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. This was the verse I wanted you to see. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man or mature, I put away childish things. This was the verse, actually, verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. My faith, hope, and charity are wonderful things, but the greatest of these is God. God is love. Charity is the greatest thing. And you come face to face with God in a personal relationship. You know, there is a time when you see things darkly and it's kind of foggy. Like when you take a shower or a mirror or something. And, but then when you come face to face, you begin to see something not in part, but in maturity. Then you begin to know yourself. Because you're seeing Christ. You're seeing the Word and it's coming alive. God bless you. You can have your seats tonight. Now tonight, if you like to take notes, I see some of you very wonderful taking notes and notepads. That's a wonderful habit. And uh, thank you. I see that. It's so wonderful. My, this church has one thing that I've never seen, Brother Barry. When you walked in the front door this morning, there were young ladies opening the door. That's a phenomenal thing. I thought, my, the deacons sure have changed. Supernatural. And the deacons and elders were kind of waiting later. I thought, my, they're, they're putting their young people and their beauty first. <laughs> Amen. That's, Brother Paul, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. So, young ladies, God bless you. And all these young men on the front row, uh, it's just wonderful. I, I think our one brother was baptized a few months ago. Would you just stand for a moment? Um, can we give him a round of applause and just... Hallelujah. You know, we were together in South Carolina. I think I t- we took about 30 of your people. Sorry, brother. We're sorry about that. But here our brother was, and I noticed him and his family, which we dearly love them. And then the next Sunday we were in uh, Sarasota, Florida, with Brother Danny and Michelle Steeman, and they told us that he had been baptized. And my, I thought, that's incredible. That's fantastic. And I've heard there's been more baptized and younger ones. And I just, isn't that fantastic to see these young men? I looked this morning and all of them with their hands raised to the Lord. That is just so wonderful that you could create an atmosphere of relationship with the Lord so that our young people want what we've got. And uh, that's really personal. So tonight... When we speak about a personal relationship raptures you, that's three parts. I want to get to this in three parts. The first is relationship. And I want to speak about relationship just for a little bit. And then the second part 
is the personal aspect of it. Because, you know, uh, relationships can be distant. You can even be in the same family, in the same office, in the same church, in the same message, and have a, a, a relationship that's estranged or it's kind of, you know, you're not on the same page. So when we talk about relationship, we want it to be personal. So I just want you to move tonight with us in that. And then the last part before we close is the rapture part. Because to really know Jesus Christ and, and a oneness with Him brings you to a raising up. It, it gives you life. It gives you power to ascend. So if your revelation of the message is somehow dull or boring or just mechanical, you need to come in, you need to go further than that. We, we can come out of the world or come out of denomination, but we gotta go into. We, we gotta take the hand of our beloved Savior and be personal about it. Or you're never gonna bring forth life. You'll, you'll just have a womb and you'll have stillborn children and uh, young people being raised and old people raised in the message and we can talk about the message all day long and for years, but it's not to know about Him is life, it's to know Him is life. So a personal relationship will raise you. And so the rapture is arising, it is an ascending, it is coming up higher, and we want to get to that tonight by the grace of God, uh, if the Lord would just have His way. Don't you just like it personal? When it's just something that you're interested in and face to face, you know, there's a time when you are raised and born around church and around God. And then there just comes a time, Sister Rebecca, when the lights start coming on. And it's like all the years that has been sewing in and all the meetings, Brother uh, Barry, and all the camps and all the services and the Sunday school uh, meetings and the times that you felt as parents you're just going through the motions, but you wasn't. You were laying seed. You were sowing seed. Then it just like it just all comes together, and and it just then it it just comes alive. And that young person or that person or that sister that was here this morning. God can start a relationship. He can start a work in you. He that began a good work in you, He's going to finish it. I want to say this again tonight. God, He desires to know you personally. He's interested in you. He's interested in your work and in your school and your hair. He's interested in your shoes and and your nose. He's interested in your Bible. He's interested in the kind of pictures you have in your bedroom. He's interested in your private life. God's interested. And He's here to awaken our desires that we would know Him personally. And I want to know Him personally too, along with you tonight. Let's walk together to Second John in the Scriptures. It's in the old, sorry, in the end of the Bible. First, second, third John. And then Jude, Revelation. If you have a Bible and could turn to that, it would be really good. Our Bibles are good. You know, we have digital, we have it on our phones, our iPads, our tablets, on the screens. But, you know, to, to turn those pages and get personally connected, it's just different. It's just different. Second John, you have First John, Second John. <laughs> right? And then Third John. <laughs> And then 4th John, but yeah. 2nd <clears throat> John chapter 1 verse 12. This was now uh, Brother John, the apostle of love, 
You had a Peter that was uh, burly, faith. You had, and so when he spoke, it was always, uh, you know, boisterous, and it was faith, and just reach out there and claim it. And then you'd have Brother Hope, or Brother James come. Uh, I'm stumbling around tonight in my words. I just need to relax. James was the apostle of hope, and he'd always come and preach hope to the church, and and hope God's with you, and you can make this. And then whenever Brother John came, it was like the apostle of love. He he laid on the bosom of Jesus, and he was just a closer. It just seemed like love was dripping from his sermons. It was just like dripping from when he would talk about the Lord. It was on a different relationship than someone else that would just barge in the room and just claim it, brother, just claim And then, But John just had a way of talking in, in a way that it just kind of, yes, yes. And then it, it added some feeling to it. And, but now he's older. This is A.D. 90. He's actually older. And in 2 John chapter 1, verse 12, I, I wanted you to catch this face-to-face part. Having many things to write unto you, I would not write... Uh, with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. John was saying, I could write it with uh, paper and an ink, or I could text you a message, or I could email you, or uh, something like that. But John knew that to go deeper brought more joy. So he said, there's just certain things that I've got to say face to face. As the Lord spoke to Moses, as as a man would speak with his friend, it wasn't a digital message. It was face to face. And we need more of that today. How many of you have been in a restaurant and there's four people and they're all on their cell phones? How many's drove down the road and people are walking down the sidewalk or across the pedestrian and they're getting and they're on their cell phone? Who's ever seen that before? And they, they're in the same living room and they're texting and sometimes one another. It is incredible, you know. There's sometimes we just need to lay aside all the things of and just talk face to face. Last night, if you notice, that was in the book of Exodus. Tonight we open with. 1 Corinthians 13 in the New Testament about being face to face. John, in 2 John 1.12, was talking about there's a lot of things I'd like to write to you, but I'm not going to write them with paper and ink. I want to see you face to face. I, I want to look you in your eyes and just see your body language. How you taking this? Go to the next chapter uh, of a book of John, 3 John. 3 John 1, 4. Some of you closed your Bibles. Oh, I'm sorry. It's near the end of the New Testament. 3 John 1, 4. This is John again expressing, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I think this was my father's, um, one of his um, most uh, loved scriptures, Brother Paul, because... Being raised in the message, he was from 1969 coming to the Lord and working at Spoken Word Publications and Voice of God Recordings. And my mother was the one that would actually hear it for the first time and put it on the typewriter. And then it went to my father, which was the editor. And then when the computer came out 
and she would be typing, you know, and putting it on. That, that was kind of how we were raised and with the message. And here was a, a scripture that is good for all of us. And it's really the heart of God spoken through John. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. Hallelujah. I have no greater ecstasy or nothing turns me on more than to know that the children are doing well. How's the children? How's the family? How's the church? When we talk about Hickory Bible Tabernacle, it's not just Brother Barry and Sister Becky and the coffee family, but it's how's the church? It's how's the children? And, and to hear that they're doing well or to hear that now they're growing and there's ones coming to their place. And I'm waiting for Brother Stephen Coffee to come for me to say some things. I hope he arrives safely. But there's times that people can be in the church for many, many years and then all of a sudden they just come alive. They, and, and for many, many years it was said about young people that they are the, the church of tomorrow. The church of tomorrow. And it was always spoken about children that they are the church of tomorrow. Well, tomorrow has arrived. Tomorrow has arrived. So our children is not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today. And we need to approach it like that. And we never want to get old and cranky and bitter as a church or in our attitudes. If you, if you get old in your age, don't let your spirit get cranky and old. And contrary and opposite and nothing pleases you. That shows that a person has not really been face to face enough. They become like a cactus. You know, well, why don't people want to sit on me? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sofa that's got a cactuses coming out. You wonder why people don't want to be around you. It's because you're a cactus, you know. There's not a lot of tree huggers in Arizona. I was just there in Arizona. There's cactuses there, you know. But as we've known, cactus, a cactus pointiness is actually a leaf that is, doesn't have water. So you just pour more water. And when I was just in Tucson and Phoenix, they are having the, the largest season ever. They broke records for this monsoon season because it's just coming down and rain and deluge and it causes even cactuses to flower and, and it, the desert blooms again. And it's really a reflection of our spiritual life. When you get close to Jesus, the desert times, they start to bloom again. Same person, same individual, but God has come in the mix. Invite Jesus into the mix. If there's poison in the pot, just put in a little of the Word. Just put in a little love. And watch that poison leave. And watch the presence of God come. Isn't that wonderful? I remember one time in Jeffersonville, that our pastor at the time there played the seven seals for that whole week. And he would play Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We went to the church and the whole families. Uh, we were there every single night for that whole ten services. Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, and then questions and answers, the seven seals. And you know what that created? I still remember to this day, it created a different atmosphere in the home. Because you're in the Word. You're with the believers. You're rejoicing in the things of God. And people gather around the piano. People begin to have a song in the morning. And it's just automatic. It's because it's the presence of God is bringing you into a personal relationship. 
Hallelujah. If you feel dry tonight, it doesn't mean you're not a son or daughter of God. It just means you need to come to the fountain and let the word be personal. There's no greater joy to God than to see you walk in the truth. To see you respond with open face. And you're not just going up to your room and closing the door, but you're willing to interact and work with mother and work with father. And, and oh, that's so wonderful to have a family like that. I'm talking to you tonight. I'm talking all about a personal relationship because I'm burdened that you have that when you leave the service. Let's turn to 3 John chapter 1. We're there, but verse 13, John is closing out now these epistles of Third John chapter 1, and he's just the last words before Brother John had become an elder. My, he had seen a lot of things. He had seen all of the disciples that were with him. He was part of the 12 disciples be martyred. Out of the 12 disciples... Judas walked out, as you know, and then John, they tried to boil it out of him. He had so much Holy Ghost in him, they tried to boil it out of him and throw it on the Isle of Patmos and, and all the snakes and lizards. And it, but it never took away that relationship. All the other disciples were martyred for the gospel. How many know that? All the, They gave their lives... And John had saw all this, but he didn't allow that to make him bitter and hard. But he's closing out his last words in verse 13 and 14. 3 John 1, 13. I have many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write them unto thee. Oh, we want, brother, we'd love to have a note from you. We could put by our bed or something we could call the Bible or the fourth book of John. But he said, I'm not going to write it with, with ink and pen. But I trust I shall shortly see thee and we shall speak face to face. Is that what your Bible says? So what we've been speaking about last night, Brother Paul spoke about this morning and tonight. It's like this whole weekend. God is wanting to show you that a personal face-to-face walk with God is on another level than just pen and paper, digital, text. We've got to go deeper than that. He said, peace be unto thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. God help us not to neglect this love then. Because that's what brings separation in families. Separation in churches is a neglect of love when we let our hearts get hardened with what we see. And Psalms talked about this. David in the Psalms said, harden not your heart. And Paul spoke about this in Hebrews 3, harden not your heart. So there must be something that David saw in the Old Testament, Paul saw in the New Testament about a person that would allow their experience to become so hardened and their heart become hardened. You know, you cannot give out love if you don't have love. Brother Paul said it this morning. You can't give out forgiveness if you've never received forgiveness. And in the message Perfect Faith, Brother Branham said, uh, forgiveness is connected to uh, faith. Love is, sorry, faith is connected to forgiveness. 
You cannot forgive someone else if you have not received the forgiveness of God. Is that why people sit in message churches and are as dead and cold and dry? They begin to neglect love and everything becomes mechanical and they're unmoved. It's like they're so, they become so stern and rough and harsh. They can become so uh, obstinate. That's not flexible. I'm reading the definition of harden. When the Bible says harden not your heart, it's, it, it means specifically don't get stiff. Don't be flexible. Don't be stubborn. Hallelujah. Don't be a stubborn person. That when the word comes for your day, you already know more than the preacher. You, are, you know, the scribes and Pharisees knew so much about the Bible, the word, they crucified Jesus. That's how much they knew about the, the ink and paper of the Torah. They saw the word for their day demonstrating perfect love and healing and they put him on the cross. And that's what a mental, intellectual uh, religion will do in the message. It will nail the word for our day to a cross. And Brother Branham said this generation was guilty of the second crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Where Pentecost failed is where people in the message are failing. They don't get people to Christ. God help us tonight as we speak about these things that are maybe personal a little bit. Now, we're in a church service, right? Is this a church service? We're not in a basketball game or we're not shopping uh, this afternoon. I know it's in the 80 degrees. It was kind of warm today, wasn't it? And we can get our minds on work now tomorrow. You know, it's 20 after 6 here. And we can start thinking about school and, and our drive home and things. But when the Lord just kind of puts something in front of us and says, I want to be more personal with you. I, I want to come close to you. Um, it's opposite than just giving like a bullhorn. And, and I'm giving a message to the church tonight. Our last service of Labor Day meetings weekend. Did you all get that? Yes! It's got to come to a place that you're looking beyond the preacher, beyond the crowd, beyond the food. It's opposite than a public. It's private. It's something that's personal. A personal relationship is what's going to rapture you. So I'm thinking of God tonight and His Word and His presence because there's things about God that's very private and personal that He's not going to share with the public. And there's things that you as a person, I, I know you enough to know that you just don't tell everybody everything. You, you have certain ones, it's on certain levels, you know. And you see, we all tend to have masks and people have a public life and then they have a private life. And sometimes it's two different worlds. And it ought not to be that way. It, it ought to be where Christ is more open and transparent. I'm not speaking against a person that's more private. I'm, I'm just speaking about your personal life with Christ. That to know Jesus Christ should be a personal walk. But if you know Him personally, it will become public. Say, I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart, Brother Barry. But you have no response to the Word. 
Whenever they're singing like we heard tonight and some of the best singers in the world are in this service tonight, in this meeting, are some of the best gifts in the whole message. And we just sit there and, oh, no, you know, we, you know, we get so, uh, we get so mundane. We're unmoved by hardly anything. But you let ten people raise up and stand on their feet around us and we're like, oh, I guess I better stand up. No matter how spiritual you are, you are affected by things around you. And I'm not saying that's bad. It's just we want to be surrounded by people that love the Lord Jesus. And I'm glad we're not throwing beer and popcorn and cursing one another. We're not in a, in a, a bub, pub somewhere. In a bar. We're in the presence of God. But we don't want to just know scriptures and quotes and get so good that we say, Brother Branham said, or you missed a word there, Brother John or Brother Paul, you know, uh, that, that, that's kind of, you know, and we get so unresponsive. How you are in church is really reflecting the greater part of your spiritual life. You say, well, I really know him when I get home in my prayer closet, but when you're with the brothers and sisters, there's nothing that we would see that you love him. There's no spiritual response. I mean, your children see how you respond to the Word. And, and they see you in church non-responsive. And they see you walk out those doors and talk about fishing and hunting and your boat and, you know, your work. And your eyes just come alive. Wow. And yes. And have you seen the prices of gas and where we go? And it's like that person became a whole nother person. You know what you are? You're a hypocrite. You're saying one thing and you're living another. And that's why a lot of young people want to walk out when they become of age. They're sick and tired of seeing people that do not have a personal relationship. People don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. They want a God with skin on Him. They might not never see an angel or a pillar of fire or a whirlwind. We are supposed to be Jesus. You want to know how Jesus loves? You want to know what He loves? We ought to look at the senior ones and say, My, they really love the Lord. And I want what that person's got. I, I want what Sister Becky's got. I want to be a man like Brother Barry. I want to be like Sister Rebecca and Brother Paul. I want to, they're not icons. They're, it's Jesus sitting in our midst. Can this church say amen? amen? You've been visited by Jesus this weekend. He's become tangible where you can feel Him. And I want Him to affect our lives greater than ever before. We were speaking yesterday, and I'm just going to speak about something for about 45 seconds. And um, because this has been going through my mind about spiritual amnesia and spiritual Alzheimer, spiritual dementia, and how we see in the world uh, as the older generations become older, they begin to lose their functioning and lose their thinking. And it's really something that happens in their brain. It's a disease of the brain. And it's something that even science is trying to understand how you can have uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, and a person just literally act uh, in a way that's not them before they used to know you and respond. And then they come to a certain time of their life and they don't even know their family and they don't, they can't even function. It's like they go back to being a young child again and it's so horrible. Some of you have experienced that and, or seen that in others, but 
I'm going to just bring it to the spiritual. I'm going over my 45 seconds. But there's something that's worse than a natural is a spiritual. When you see people or a church or an individual that used to be functioning and active and alive get to a state of dormancy and death and where they don't even know the presence of God and, and the message of their hour to turn a corner from where we were even 40 years ago. It's like they've lost their minds. It's like they're insane. It's like they're two different people. And I say, God, deliver us from that. Men that were strong and soldiers and, you know, they went through boot camp. And, but yet there, there's something called, it's a military term, called a battle fatigue. And it, and it comes to where a, a man or a woman uh, begins to reflect, it's a, a military term, they begin to reflect the stress of battle because they have been through combat and stress. They've saw one of their partners literally right next to them get blown up by a grenade or something went off and, and the fog of war can cause good people to start shooting at one another and, and think that they're actually doing good, but it's called and they start to kill one another. I'm, I'm forgetting the term right there, but... It's called when they, they begin to shoot someone else thinking that's the enemy, but it's their it's friendly fire. And it's a huge study. I, I, for years ago, I read about it in the Civil War and how many men were actually killed from their own army. It's a horrible thing that you can have brothers against brothers and people of the same family. One's on the Confederate, one's on this side and the North and the South and, and be shooting and killing one another. But it's also bad to be on the same side and shooting somebody that's on your own team. It's like, what are you doing? Aren't we all supposed to be going to heaven together? Do you even know Jesus? And then we get all these things going on and things being said. And, and it's like, wow. And a person can get in the stress of battle and they begin to go through amnesia. That's where they begin to lose their mind. It's not normal. And what's very amazing is we're seeing that in the message because... We're not back in the 60s and 70s when it was fresh and new and people coming off the streets and coming into the, and it was so new and, and the message and Brother Branham and this is fantastic that that bride has gotten older and, and I don't want to get anyone distracted but it's literally spiritual menopause. It's, it's a lady that has grown now and going through the change of life. And if we're not careful, you can fall off somewhere. You can begin to say things and do things that's not really you. How many understand what I'm talking about? And these soldiers, they got in a place. And I, and I have it on my screen. I could have put it on a PowerPoint. But you remember Brother Branham talking about the soldiers that were in the boxcar. And they were going down because they were taking them across the country to see if they, any family, does anybody know these men or these soldiers? And they get them out at certain places and give them a time of rest. And does anybody locally, is, do you know this man or this person? And they, would take, they were taking them to uh, sanitariums and insane institutions. That, years ago, they thought a person with Alzheimer's was, was uh, they would just lost their mind. They put them in straight jackets. They, it was just horrible what they had to do years ago. I mean, people would scream and yell and take all their clothes off and run through the streets. Well, they do that today. And, and you say it's just hot or it's a normal, you know, summer. And you'd say, well, years ago they would have said they were crazy. 
Put that person in the insane place. Well, they've lost their relationship with God. And what they're calling normal today is insanity. Is that true? And you remember all the soldiers got off at this certain place and the soldier began to just look around and there's a water tower over here and it just, you know, he just started walking down the pathway and going down on the trees and things and the soldier that was guarding them rather than stopping him he just kind of let him go he could see that it was just unusual he he went around and began to walk up and around and turn and all of a sudden he broke out into this little clearing where there was a cabin and there was an elderly man sitting out on the front and he began to run across the clearing and say, my son, my son, and I always knew you would come back. And it's like the soldier, and, and he came to himself. He, he lost his amnesia. It's like, it's my father. This is home. And it brought him back to his right mind. It was relationship. My dad's far away. My home's far away. What was familiar to me, I've lost that. But now I've come back home. And it brought him back to his senses. Oh, daughter of God and child of God that's lost something in the battle of Laodicea. It's time to come back home tonight. Come back to a face to face where you can look into the face of God and he can come running to you and say, I always knew you would come back home. Now I'm speaking personal. Brother John has seen that in the last months in the message. I've seen that where people are COVID fatigued and they're just tired of this and they're tired of social distancing. They're tired of not being able to have youth meetings and they're tired of not having functions at the church and they're tired of canceling. And now another wave comes and I read about it today. They're calling it the fourth wave of COVID and all these variants. It can just get you weary and it's like, no, not again. And you can almost get under pressure where it's like, I just despise this. You get frustrated, but you've got to release that to someone. You've got to release that to a person. That person is Christ. Just let off the pressure. Friends, we've got to come to where our services aren't controlled by how we feel and what we're going through as a person, but we can look beyond the now. I almost entitled tonight's service, Looking Beyond the Now. We've got to look beyond the now and look into the rapture. Look beyond the now and, and, the, and the decisions about university or college or the financial pressure or your shoe size. Just, just wait a few months and it's going to change. If you're raising children, it won't always be like this. You know, Come on. It's not always going to be like this. There will come another spring. There will come another time. It's not always going to be desert. It's not always going to be summer. The Lord tarries. You know, it's not always going to be fall or winter. You're going to come out of this. It's got to come to a place that we say, He's, he's my helper, my deliverer. I saw Sister Rebecca Coffey playing the piano, but when we were singing that song this morning, my helper, my deliverer, she's raising her hands. Hallelujah! God, give us more musicians like that. Say, I have a duty. I have something to do. No, I'm here to worship God. And if nobody else is here to worship or I'm not just here to play the piano, I'm here to worship God. I'm not just here to preach to you a sermon. I'm here to welcome you to come into fellowship. Let's go in and worship to the king's table. We only have a few minutes of life. 
Only one life, and it's very soon over. And in the meetings that you and I have been experiencing or observing happening in the message, Brother Branham was ending the last year of his ministry. Come on in, Brother Stephen. We've been waiting for you, Brother. The whole congregation knows that there's a personal word for you. Let's welcome Brother Stephen and his wife to the house of the Lord. That's embarrassing, isn't it? (laughs) Sitting on the back row, you know. It's okay. He's driven more today than any person in this building. Probably five hours. Two and a half there. Two and a half here. And he comes in and we're already talking about him. It's like, what did Brother John say before I got here, you know? Don't worry. I've already sent him a picture of what I'm going to say in a few minutes in my notes. Isn't that wonderful? It's personal, you know. You don't have to say my name, Brother John. Okay, forgive me. In Brother Branham's last 9-11, September 11th, he was speaking in Phoenix. And that's when he was inviting people that were listening to the broadcast to receive Christ as their personal Savior. And that's when he said, watch your life and you see what you live afterwards. So he was actually trying, in the last 9-11, which is God's power to transform, he didn't know it was his last 9-11, but he was laying in seeds for years to come that it's not the momentary blessing, it's not just a momentary moment, but it's actually a life lived. It's your daily rugged life with Christ. And watch your life and you see what you live afterwards. And when you see yourself doing something that's contrary to this word, move from it right quick. Just follow on to know the Lord. Thank you for being a personal Savior, Lord. He wasn't interested in the offering or, okay, i got to get back to my motel. But he was wanting the people to look from the mountain to the next mountain and I'm encouraging you to get there. You've got to go down into the valley. But the God of the mountain is God of the valley. So we can't all live on the mountain and have a revival and live here forever. We've got to draw courage. We've got to thank God for meeting us here. But we've got to walk down into the valley where it's dark and eerie. And the, and the, and the trees, when they move, they make moaning sounds and nightmares and... Sometimes you can't sleep well, but I'm, Brother Branham was trying to bring the people into an experience that would give them strength to go through that valley because there's another mountain ahead. I, I saw the mountain and, and it's ahead of you. But you've been through a mountaintop, but I, I'm, I'm creating an atmosphere for when you go down into that valley and you're all alone that you can bear some fruit and come up the other side of the mountain. You're going to make it. Do you know what, I, what we're speaking about tonight, about personal and a personal relationship? Brother Branham mentions that word personal 1,159 times in the message. From 1947 through 1965, Brother Branham used that word personal 1,159 times. I think it's pretty important. Am I the only one? I mean... One right, one is is personal. In fact, I want you just to see something. Maybe you haven't seen this before. 
But the whole message that God brought through a prophet to this generation, he labored for years under those three pools of his ministry and all of them were personal. Watch this tonight. The first pool was laying on of hands. Just come up here, brother. I'm going to social distance with, with my friend here. He would take someone by the hand and he would know the disease they had or what's on their heart. But it had to be personal. There had to be contact. Is that true? Thank you, brother. That's the first pool. It's personal. The second pool was he would know under discernment. You would see this now. The name, their address. You know, you sister there and the third row from the back, the third chair over. I see you. This is your name. I see you yesterday at, you know, at 1.47 p.m. I, God knows what you're going through. And he would tell them about their past. He would tell them about their present and about their future. Would you agree that's personal? And he never got it wrong. Even people that were in the meetings, uh, and there was one person, Brother Brown said, oh, you live at such and such address. And a person says, oh, that was wrong. I, I know that person. They don't live there. Well, what they didn't know, they had just moved that afternoon. And Brother Branham gave them the new address. See, our God's bigger than all of this, friends. So the first pull was personal, but I've got to touch you. The second pull was, I know your name, your address, what you're going through. You brother there, the third one up, young man, you next to you, the brother right in front of me. And he, he knew, God gave him the, it was a gift to let the people know you're God's personal. The third pull then is just going to be just as personal. And that is the opening of the word, which is Christ himself. It identifies Christ to the bride, the mind of Christ. That's very personal. Listen, friends, God's not going to give us first pull personal. Second pull personal. Third pull boring. Come on. We're talking about a personal God. First pull, I know, I know the secrets of your heart. Second pull, I know where you live. You're, and then third pull, it's the opening of the word. You gotta study it out, brother. You gotta go lay yourself there and just close the door and it's, you know, you don't feel nothing. It's all mechanics. That's not the third pull. Anybody tell you they're preaching the third pull and it has no life to it? They've missed the third pull. It's more than doctrine. It's more than this church believes that, that church believes that, that pastor. You know, the young people, the message, are fed up with politics. Parents fighting, ministers saying this about another minister, and going on about the other church, you know, in North Carolina, and this church in Ohio. They're done with that. It's like, if that's the, what your Christ has done for you, I'm out of here. And then the older one, oh, why are you leaving? Why don't you want to serve the Lord? It's not, has nothing to do with the Lord. It was your politics and your rotten attitude. I'm out of here. Well, where are you going? I'm just hungry for life. I, I want to find Jesus. Can the church say amen? First pull was personal. Second pull is personal. Third pull, you got to keep it personal. Just take that from someone raised in the message. Don't give me a lot of hunting stories and all that and expect me to be an overcomer.
by talking about the fishy or the gun or showing me this relic. And Don't make the message a museum. I was born and raised there. I know all about the family and all the ins and outs. You know, I mean, you got to meet Christ. The message is Christ. Brother Branham spoke about it 1,159 times. Personal. He said personal friends, personal relationships, personal life, personal temptation of Satan, a personal message. He would say, you personal workers, because they would have people come and then people would come up to, they had been designated to pray or make the food or your workers around the work of the Lord. You're a personal worker. Personal evangelism. Well, you have a personal interest. These are all direct quotes of Brother Branham. A personal note. He said his own personal presence. So it wasn't just a dry scripture or let's all turn and read what was written with pen and ink. Well, John, we already heard, was trying to bring the people further. He's like, my, I could write you a letter, but there's something greater. I want to come see you face to face. Friends, the Lord Jesus has been missing you for a long time. How many want to go home and see him? But friends, he wants you to come home and he's dying to bring you to heaven. You say, I want a thousand year honeymoon. So does he. We need more feeling put back into our, our meeting so that when we go home, there's a presence, there's a spirit where we want to serve Christ. My, 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 my. Isn't the Lord so wonderful? I mean, you're so fantastic. And He'll take care of the scars of your life. Things that are personal to you that you wouldn't want no one to know and uh, private to you. The Lord just has a way of moving all the masses and just kind of coming right down to your heart and just talking to you in the middle of a crowd full of people And this says something to you that you know. You have to know that's the Lord Jesus. Brother Branham in Florida said, he was talking about, I want to to talk to you about something. He said, let's talk. He said, I want to talk to you about my own private life just a few minutes. Here's Brother Branham. I want to talk to you about my private, my own private life a few minutes. In Tucson, in Doors and a Door, he said, that little door of my own, my own private life, and he starts talking about how people have their own private life. Are we doing okay? I'm speaking about a personal relationship should rapture you. So I'm trying to make clear that this personal, that it's connected to private. And a lot of people don't like that. You, we'll talk about things in general, but when you go into private things, that's private. I mean, even as ministers and friends, we say, well, we ask a question, or, you know, we're just kind of worth one another. You know, if it's too personal, we respect one another. You know, we don't barge in to somebody's private life. It's better if they open the door and let you in. I don't know why I'm saying those things, but you have a private life. And some people build up a lot of walls. And the reason they don't live spiritually 
privately good with the Lord is in their natural relationships, it's also walls. There's a lot of walls and there's a lot of things that people don't know about going on, but the Lord Jesus does. And he talks about a person being a member of a church, saying they receive the Holy Ghost, and then, then they have a private life. And he said, you'll never get the Lordship of, of Jesus doing that. He starts talking about how a person uh, is, has a certain experience, and then you start telling them that, um, but I don't, tell, don't go to telling me I have to receive this Holy Ghost and carry on like that. That's my private life. Brother Branham said, you'll never get the Lordship of Jesus Christ doing that. He just turns right around and walks out the door. You start having an attitude, Jesus Christ will turn around and walk out the door. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, we believe the message. It doesn't bring Him back. You've got to be willing, if you want Him to be Lord of your life, He's got to be willing to go into that door. What would you do tonight, Brother Bonham says, in a case like if you went to a home and they said, well, just stand here at the door and mind your business. Well, you'd say thank you and, and turn out the door. What if you walked up to somebody's house and they talked to you and how you doing and, you know, well, just stay outside and I'm going back in my house and, and you're not coming into my house. It's private. And Brother Branham's making that uh, picture for us. He said, you, you would just go, turn around and walk out the door. He said, so would Jesus. That's the reason the church is left sitting cold. Just the way it is. You say, well, that's just the way I am. Well, that's probably why he left you. Well, you, is this just the way I am? Well, if you want to draw closer to the Lord, you're going to have to change. You gotta lay that down. You gotta lay it at the altar and die out to that thing. I'm, I'm inviting you into a greater personal relate. You say, why is the door always shut? Why is there no communication? Why is there, it's just cold and indifferent. Why is it such a, a struggle? It's because, friends, Jesus has walked out of the door. In, in the message right after the seals and God hiding Himself in simplicity, how many believe Brother Branham learned something about the Lord Jesus in the seven seals? Amen. About half of you. He did. And now in Albuquerque, God hiding in simplicity, He says, the only thing, just open a little bit, He said, and say, come on inside and stand here, but don't you go around and fool with my private life. Talking about people and their attitude toward the Lord. You know, you can just kind of come in to the entryway here where we hang our coats and we put our shoes and things, but don't you go around these other things in my private life. Brother Branham said he wants all your life. Let's say all my life. He wants all your life. He wants to be your Lord. He... He's talking about ownership. Lord is ownership. He wants to own you so He can guide you and direct you and take you and use you. Are you willing to do that? If you are, He's wanting to come in or you wouldn't be standing there. So now is the hour for you to receive it. 
From last night to this morning to right now, you are being invited into a further relationship with the Lord. Are some of you going to take it? Or did we just have a weekend of meetings and it's Brother Barry go to Ukraine, Brother John's going to Ohio and then Kentucky and then I'm going to Europe in a few weeks and, and then all, that's what I was getting my ticket for in my motel a few hours ago. You know, I'm, I'm going to go there. Are you just going to go on and just live the same life and go back default to how you've always been? Or is somebody here going to say, thank you, Lord, for those meetings? God spoke to us in a personal way. Not just Brother John, but Brother Paul, the singing, the fellowship. It all was for my good. I'm just taking a step back. I want to serve the Lord better. What can I do for the church? What can I do for my family? You know, if I could just take a few more minutes. This world is obsessed with personal identity. You know, I'm speaking tonight about a personal relationship raptures you. I'm just closing out on the, on the personal relationship part. The world is obsessed with personal identity. All your personal information, your social security number, your social insurance number. Is that true? It's a certain number, your name, your address, your banking information, your date of birth, the passwords. Your mother's maiden name. This is all connected back to you. Now, I know Brother Barry. I love Brother Barry. But I don't know any of his passwords. I don't know his passcodes. To any of his cell phones, computers, his diamond member status. That's personal. That's personal to Brother Barry. And I don't need to know that. That is connected to Brother Barry. It's a reflection that, that's his, well, his user IDs. You know, even your fingerprint. Can somebody show me your finger just a little bit? Two fi- your fingerprint is connected back to you. Any of you that's went into foreign countries, they used to, you know, take your finger, you know. Now it's all digital. You put your hands up there and they can trace you right back. They could tell a lot about whether you've been through this, that, or certain institutions that you don't want to go to. And as soon as you would come up, your fingerprint, that is you. That's your person. You have been there. You have done that because your fingerprint, your DNA, your blood type, and even further, facial recognition. Your face is your person. Facial recognition is you. You go to an airport and they ask you to pull down your mask so I can see you, your ID and all this. It's your face. Please take off your right foot and show me your middle toe. Well, that got cut off in an accident. You can't go on the airplane. It it might be part of your life, but it's not the main thing. Your face is you. (laughs) You all can smile in church. Amen. It's not blasphemy to laugh in church. Amen. We ought to enjoy the gospel. Amen. The person is your face. If I want to meet you, I talk to you, I see your face, I shake your hand, we get to know one another. I might not never see your elbow. It might be covered over with your blouse, your skirt, or what. You know, your. I didn't ask to see your elbow, Brother Mitchell. Say, how do you know Brother Mitchell the best? So he gets up there and stands, and then Brother Ben 
led songs tonight, it's, you can know when they walk out of that door who they are by their face. Is that what we've been speaking about this weekend? Face to face? Personal? God's not going to ask you about your elbow status, your checking account, what grade you made. In. He's going to be looking at that blood tag. He's going to be looking into your face. Do, do they know me? Are we all together? All of these things reflect the person. That's personal to you. Thank you, Lord, for giving us these things. Are you ready, Brother Stephen? Amen. God bless you. Did you have a good service this morning? Amen. I'm trying to find my notes. That said, wait for Brother Stephen coffee. Amen. How many is interested tonight in a further relationship with God? You, if you don't have interest, you're not going to even get to first base. So there's got to be a relationship where you're interested, you're showing a desire. Relationship means, relation means you're close, and a ship has to do with a togetherness. So fellowship, relationship speaks of togetherness. Relationship is a long-term relationship. We're not speaking tonight about a weekend fling. It's not a quick fling with Jesus. We're not talking about a flirter. God's not a flirter with you. Promise you the world and give you dirt. No, He's going to burn off the earth and take you to glory and bring you back to the earth in a future home that's been renovated. He doesn't promise you one thing and give you hell. He doesn't promise you heaven and say, Oh, you're a foolish virgin. You've got to be interested and show by your life, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. And that shows that there's a relationship and you are not a flirter. So God's not a flirter. I'm just showing my good side and I'm going to be a certain way. And they're going to like me. Then we're going to get married. Then it's all going to change. And it's like, wow. That's not the person I married. See, that's how it's become a lot of times naturally. And it's horrible. But spiritually, it's like that too. We, get, we dress the act. We look all good. And then we're a totally different person in the van or in the car. Or when we get home, it's like you're a total different personality. You know what that's called? That's an evil spirit that is keeping you from a personal relationship with God. The world has all kinds of terms and they give medication for that. We're not interested in that. We're not dual personality. We're not schizophrenic. And we're not going to just take prescription the rest of our lives and then go to tribulation and be deceived. There's got to be a deliverance. There's got to be coming out of that. Does the church agree? Come on over to the ship. Come on over to the fellowship and relationship. So it's not a momentary blessing. None of these ministers... Are, are striving for the momentary weekend and the service, and we just want you to feel the, in the ecstasy of the moment and then drop you off. It's not how our walk with the Lord is. It's not, friends, think about it. That's what a lot of people are doing. And they're already planning for the next meeting and the next revival and the next camp and... 
You know, because two weeks from now, they're going to be like, wow, am I even a Christian? Do I have the Holy Ghost? But when I was there, I was so like ecstasy. It was so wonderful. Friends, we've got to watch our lives and say, God, take me further than just a momentary blessing. I'm not a flirter. I just don't want to go on a date with Jesus. And then can we have a date on November 17th? Yeah, sure. But from now till then, I'm going to live any way I want to live. And then November 16th, you know, I'm going to get all dressed up nice and come on my date. And it's all been wonderful to be a Christian. It's all wonderful to serve the Lord. And it's not all wonderful. They've lived in sin the last three months. And their, their private life is upside down. I say, God, help us tonight. Move us further than we ever had before and make us interested. Now I'm moving to the last part of the message and that is number one was relationship. Number two was the personal part of that. But I want to end tonight with the rapture part. A personal relationship will rapture you. And this is the part what I wanted to share. How many's ever heard of this phrase called a sleeper? And they have it in business and they have it in churches and they have it in where there's people and they have individuals that for a long time, many years, they're largely unseen. They're unheard of. They're even dormant. They might not register on the radar. They're just kind of there, but you don't see a lot of life. You don't see a lot of energy. It's called a sleeper. They're sleeping. There's talent there. There's gifts there. They're sitting there. But suddenly, something happens, and they come alive. It's like something moves, there's a certain experience, and it moves them into action. It's like they've been in first gear for a long time, and it's like something happens and moves them up into another gear. And you say, wow, that brother was a sleeper. But now, they are on. How many knows what I'm talking about? Have you ever heard that word before? You in business know in school. You know what I'm talking about. It's someone that is in the background, maybe unassuming. They're just unassuming. Maybe watching. They're not out in the forefront. They don't seem to be outward or have much even to offer the church or the company or the group, the young people. They're just kind of going along. And then all of a sudden, unexpectedly, Sometimes shockingly, surprisingly, they rise and they begin to actually ascend and it's like they wake up. It's like they move from being in neutral to active. It's like they're laying down. They're just like laying out flat from being flat out. You say they're flat out. My, that person just kind of for a long time has been. And then all of a sudden, they awake, they arouse, they come alive. You say, it's like a whole other person. It's like that sister has been in our church for years. But have you noticed in the last weeks how she's just been such a blessing? Did you notice that young person for years? It was a struggle. It was just like, you know, just like you're treading. And now they're, they're, they're just active and they're vibrant. You look in their eyes and you know they're not a gamer. You know they don't watch movies till two in the morning. You know, you know, I'm not a prophet and I, I don't know, I'm not on that level. But you can look into someone's face and know a lot about them. Brother Branham said you can spend two minutes 
with someone and know whether they have the Holy Ghost or not. Because a person that's with Jesus exudes that out. So a person, you just look at them and they're dull, they're always depressed, they're just emptiness, they're just... Then all of a sudden, something happens. It's like they move in. It's like they come alive. It's like, what can I do? And God's using them. They're a blessing. It's like, wow, they used to... Through the whole song service, it's like... Let's all lift our hands and praise the Lord, you know, like this. You know, God wants a full surrender. Okay, Lord, but... Then it's like all of a sudden, yes. It's like, praise God. Hallelujah. It's great to be a Christian. And does anybody here love the Lord? Hallelujah. And it's like, wow, where did that come from? They met the Lord. And what I'm finding out more than ever, and and forgive me for being so honest, it's not so much in church. It's happening in their rooms. It's happening privately. It's happening when no one's around. My son-in-law gave his heart to the Lord in his bedroom. I've had men, young men, come to me, and it wasn't at an altar at a camp service and a bunch of people. It was just in their own privacy. God dealt with them. They repented, and they're rock solid. Friends, it's not time to give your heart to the Lord when there's 38 people being baptized and, you know, everybody's all serving God and then you watch them later and say, that's descending. It's time to ascend. I'm going to close the service. That is the rapture. That is an ascending relationship. That is someone that has been laying dormant for a long time. The Bible says in Matthew 25, they all slumbered and slept. But when the wise virgins arose, they went in with the bridegroom. Friends, it is time to wake up. It's time to be aroused. It's time to come to your position. If you're a son or daughter of God, it's time to wrestle it out with the angel until you know that you know that you know. Is this message true? Is Brother Branham a prophet? Do I have the Holy Ghost? You've got to find that out. It's time for the sleepers in our churches to come alive. You're not a number. It's not your social security number or your, you know, your um, SIN. What do they call that in Canada? Social insurance. I knew the Canadians would know. It's a sin number. (laughs) Social insurance number. You're more than a number in the house of the living God. You're a vibrant member that God's called you and you're of age now. You're not a baby. It's not a pacifier time. You've seen your daddy. You've seen your mommy. You've had other leaders rise up. But now you are time. This is your hour. It's not the youth of tomorrow. We have arrived to tomorrow. Brother Paul, we have arrived. Our children are the church of today. And the older ones need to get on board and say, I'm part of the new generation too. The new generation isn't because you're a teenager. It's because you have the faith of the new land. You have fire in your bones. Joshua and Caleb were old brothers, but they were encouraging the younger generation. God brought us out, but you can make it in too. Don't have time to get into Esther and Mordecai, but if you'd like to read that, and we preached a whole sermon on this in another place about interested, but Mordecai was interested in what was happening with Esther's life. 
And Mordecai was part of the older generation. And Esther was a part of the new generation. She had to have her own experience. But Mordecai, this is uh, Esther chapter 2, verse 11. When Esther was king and she was in her uh, being a queen, Mordecai was around the, the gate. He was right there. He was interested in what her livelihood was. And if we're going to be effective with one another, sometimes we've got to jump into the trenches and start to smell like one another and talk about one another's babies and your children. How's your school? And I like your shoes, you know, and I like your glasses. You say, you're crazy. No, that's what a prophet, first pull, touch them on their, on their hand. Second pull, their name and their address. And you got to talk about fish with fishermen. To a farmer, you got to talk about farming. You don't talk to him about accounting and politics. They're not interested. I got pigs at home. I got, you know, chickens at home. They want to talk about chickens and pigs. Is that true? So is your wife like that. So is your husband like that. It's learning our children that they're all different. If you want a relationship with your children, you got to show interest. You got to be interested. You gotta be interested. I know that's another sermon and it's time to close, but Mordecai was a good example for us. He was interested in Esther and, and he couldn't go into the king and he couldn't go in, but he had to be around her enough to say, okay, Esther, now is the time. If you're gonna die too. You're a Jew and Haman's already put the proclamation out. They don't know you're a Jew and this is your moment. It was Esther that said, if I go in there, if I perish, I perish. But I'm going in to see the king. She had to have a personal revelation that it's for such a time as this. It's not Mordecai saying it. It's her receiving it and saying, you're right. I'm born for such a time as this. Arise, you sleepers. Things might have happened. In your past or in your family that's been horrible. Or maybe there's things that would tie you down to make you say you're not worthy. You can't do something. You know, the sons of Korah, they had a bad name being born in that family because their father had been against the message and went again that got swallowed up. And it was a horrible day when the sons of Korah and daughters and Abiram and Dathan and just the earth opened up. It was horrible to be part of that family. But if you want to read in Numbers, it's a wonderful place to read when it says the children of Korah died not. It's because there were part of the lineage of Korah that did not stand with their father. And they became the Korites. And if you want to look it up in Second Chronicles, the Korites were singers in the church. And, and, and there's 11 Psalms of the book of Psalms that are written for the sons of Korah. It's because they were the children of that lineage that didn't want to be identified with that unbelief. And they were singers and they were active in the church. It's like, no matter what the past has been, we're not identifying with that. We're going on to serve the Lord. And you can talk about the past and describe the past, or you can say from now on, we're going into a relationship with Christ. We are going into rapture. And the rapture in 1 Thessalonians, 
I believe it is, or Second Thessalonians chapter 4, is Jesus Christ coming down and a shout, a voice, and a trumpet to catch a bride and take her home. And the message is the shout to gather us together. So any, any church or any doctrine or any ministry or any person that is divisive, separating, causing trouble, it's not the spirit of this message. The message is to gather us together. It ought to be edifying you and strengthening you. Let's go on, brothers. We are more than able to take the land. Do you believe that tonight? The shout is the message to gather us together. And the voice of the resurrection is a voice that has life and power and joy and peace and love. That's the voice of the resurrection saying, come out, come up, brother. Come on, sister. You can do this. It's more than positive thinking and psychology. It's the Holy Spirit face to face saying, you know what? I could have wrote a letter to you. I could have sent you an email, but I'm coming face to face. Is that okay? I mean, I could have put ink and paper wrote my heart to you, but I came and I spoke three messages on Labor Day weekend for you. To draw you closer, to draw you in, to make it personal that the shout has already happened, the voice of the resurrection and the trump of God. Friends, we are ready. We are getting ready to leave this earth. The message is not a message of, you know, get tied down to the earth. It's, it's time to unloosen, you know. I hear the train in the station. And it's time to just forget about your popcorn and forget about, oh, I gotta do this. You should have done that a long time ago. It's time to drop everything. It's time to go on the train. How many want to go on the rapture? I mean, that is personal. That's, I'll just say this. Every person that goes in the rapture, is going to have a personal walk with the Lord. They would have known Him face to face. And Brother Ben said it. We heard it all weekend. We need to get out of this crowd mentality. You know, we can get that way. We're looking down the aisle. You know, how's my friends taking this? You know, how many likes do I have? You know, do you like my hair? You know, I you know just trimmed a little bit. I'm a sister. I just trimmed... Do you all like my hair, you know, and I got 28 thumbs up? Yes. It's got to be good. It's fine. Little earrings, you know, and... Oh, you all are quiet, you know. You know, we walk out of our house with our dress on and we got our pants and our backpack and our little bag and we get to school and we're putting on our pants and... We used to have nice flowing hair, but... You know, now we roll it up in a, and we kind of make, always, why is their hair always up? Is well, They're trimmed. Have you ever seen that sister's hair? It's all trimmed. It's cut off. It's like, really? And you see these things start creeping in. It, that's a symptom. It's not the main issue. It's the symptom. And, and we can start where we're, you know, like shotgun shooters at all the, the things of the symptoms, but a real doctor goes to the heart of the matter. It's a, It's not giving a bunch of pills and medicine to deal with the symptoms. It's going to the heart of the matter. We got a murmuring heart. That person's got a heart issue. Brother Jason Watkins, just a few weeks ago, was having shortness of breath and just couldn't hardly walk in his neighborhood. He says, something's not right. I I don't know if I'm going to even make it back home. 
And he goes in for tests and they, they can't find it. What, what it is until finally he had an issue while they, he was there. And they caught it on the, on the chart and they went in there. He was 99% blocked in his main artery. He's a man that's in his 50s, I believe, walking and preaching. You'd think he was just... But there, there was part of his heart that was in a blockage. He could have died in the next few minutes. So they went in through his arm, up through, and put splints in. And within, he was able to walk out of there, and he was able to be free and preach within a matter of days. I mean, years ago, they would have pulled open the heart. You know, it's going to be months of recovery and... But now, friends, if science has gone that way, what about the heart of God? He could have gave someone a new heart tonight. He can give you a heart in a few minutes. Five minutes in the presence of God. Did more for Moses than 40 years. Do you all believe that? Or am I just talking, you know, uh, figuratively? Figuratively, you know, we're, we're just talking figuratively. Are you serious? No, this is literally. We, we have met Him. I know Him. I see Him face to face. He's, wow, that's amazing. You mean when you wake up, He's like standing in the corner with a beard and like Hoffman's head? No. I mean, do you have breakfast with angels and Gabriel meet you for lunch and supper? I mean, surely all you ministers and... Strong Christians, you must, you know, have angels come and play their violins at night. Is that true? No. It's a walk with the Lord. That we might know Him. And, but He's real. He gets so real sometimes. He'll come into your, into your atmosphere and you'll start to weep and cry. And That's the presence of the Lord Jesus. He's trying to come to your cactus life and make you sweet again. And, you know, if we are what we eat... <laughs> if you are what you drink, then we need a bunch of sweet tea over here in the fellowship in about 20 minutes. It's just, no, no, I'm, I'm not talking natural. <laughs> Spiritually. <laughs> sweet tea, it's a sweetness up a little bit. Let's leave with a different attitude. What can I help with? You know, you know that garbage can needs to be emptied over there. Well, why don't you walk over and take a, and empty it yourself? Is there a deacon around here? Is there a deacon's wife? You know, that garbage can is overflowing over there. Why don't you go over and just pick it up? And is there an empty trash bag? What did that do for you? You know, we get to a place where we just, you know, we need to move out of our comfort zone and meet him face to face. See, that's what happened to Jacob. And our musicians are going to come in just a few minutes. He finally got to the place he wrestled with the Lord in Genesis 32. And he said, I have seen God face to face. Moses, last night we read, the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. Do you all remember in Gideon when he perceived that he... When he saw that the angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. You know what that sister needs? She needs a direct encounter with Jesus Christ. You know what that young lady needs? She just needs to meet the Lord. And in ten minutes, it's all going to be different. You let that young man get in the presence of God, he'll be changed forever. Does this church want to be like the book of Acts? Where while they heard the word, the Holy Ghost fell on them. 
Just the shadow coming across. Just healed Brother Barry. Healed that young man. That mental illness is gone. You say, my, I don't know what happened this weekend. I didn't take, you know, a bunch of pills and medicine. But you've been in the presence of God. That'll do more for your mental things than just all kinds of things, friends. Take the pill. The gospel. Swallow it down. We've tried to, friends, and I'm being honest with you. We've been very, very simple this weekend. And I don't know. Maybe some need to go further and deeper in Christ. But take the simplicity of it and He'll take you further. I could have written unto you all with ink and paper. Brother Paul could have sent us a nice email through Brother Barry saying, you know, it's wonderful. It would have been nice to have been with y'all Labor Day weekend. We love you. We support you. We love your church. And, and um, I'll, I'll come to the men's meeting in, in a few weeks. And we all probably would have accepted that. He's busy. He's a pastor. But to see him face to face and to have him play And to have his lovely daughter, 18 years old, sing, and his wife here. Have they been a blessing? We we saw them face to face. We're able to be closer together. We, We might not even sit down with you privately as much as we'd like to. But just to be able to see you face to face, we know you better. And we can text somebody. We can email somebody. We can write somebody a note, but if you just talk to them for a few minutes, it's so different. Lord Jesus, you've sent us your word. I see you in someone else, but I want to know you face to face. I want to send you myself. I want to be changed. Is there anybody like that that would just say, Lord, come into my family. Come into my life. I... You might be looking at something through your glasses and you say, well, there's two or three things over there. and There's nothing wrong with... This. It's the glasses you're looking through. Take the binoculars of the Word and, and you start seeing it's not three at all. It's just one. God wants to focus in. It doesn't mean the situation's going to be different. It means you're going to be different. You're, you're looking at it different. You're looking at it through God's Word, through the mind of Christ. God bless all of you. Let all the sleepers arise. Let all the mothers, let all the fathers, and all the people in this church are streaming, or will ever stream this service from the front to the back, and you that are here as we close out these meetings. Say, God, if I've been slumbering, sleeping, critical, just there, but I'm never contributing, I want to arise. I don't want the rest of my life to be a number and boring. Boring. Now we made it through the weekend. Great. Now we can go back to real life, you know. No, friends, this is our life. This should be wonderful to us. You drive hours. You spend your money. But I trust at the end of it all, there's a pleasure. There's a joy. Has it been worth it? I feel like having the whole choir come back up. I I feel like having Brother Paul and Sister Rebecca and your daughter sing another three songs off the album. You ought to get that CD from Brother Paul. 
I feel like our brother that played the organ. I really love him. Where's he at with the bow tie? He's right over there. I love his bow tie. I be, you do too? I like your bow tie, brother. It's just under your face. It really compliments your face, you know. And I told him today, I said, you don't know me, but I know you. Because I've been streaming your services for years. And I love his singing. I love when he plays the piano, the organ. I just love him. He's looking at me like, who are you? Where are you from? He said, where, where are you from? I said, from Washington. But I said, I know you. He really? And you just think you're some little church in the hills of Hickory. And God has pushed you out into the forefront. You've gone global. So it's time to know Jesus privately because you're influencing people for Jesus Christ. Do you want others to see Jesus in you? Or do you just want to be a blank stare? And just I'm there, you know, but the lights aren't on. You know, I, I see you're a house, the lights aren't on. Turn the lights on. Let all the sleepers arise. Let every believer lay aside the, the weight of sin and step up into your position. Say, I don't know what that is. I don't either. You, you talk to some of these older ones. Do they know? You know, does the Lord fax? You say, Brother Barry, I think the Lord faxes out to him every day what he's supposed to do that day. How many books, you know, in, in Malawi and Uganda. And I think angels, you know, you know, at 3.30, they're all getting everything ready. So when Brother Barry arises, he's got a long sheet of things. That's not how it is, friends. It's a work. It's an effort. It's laying yourself aside. But it's worth it all. We're not, it's not magic. It's just the way God is. And when the supernatural comes in, that's the mind of Christ. That's the seventh seal. That's what Brother Branham said in the seventh seal. When the supernatural comes in, that's the mind of Christ. This weekend, we have heard the mind of Christ. What you thought was simplicity was actually the third pool. I don't need to touch you. I don't need to know your name or your address, but the Word meets every need. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for these moments to share. I know it's quiet, Lord, and you can sense the weariness of the people. A long weekend. Some have to drive, Lord, even for hours, Lord. I'm thinking of the Bentons and the Coffees and others. Brother Paul is going to be flying back tomorrow. There's... A lot of money, a lot of energy, a lot of expense just for a few minutes, Lord, really, that we're all together. Lord, this is wonderful. This is fantastic, Lord. As our sister Becky plays, I almost feel like Mephibosheth, which was Jonathan's son, that when they heard the news of Jonathan and Saul being killed, the nurse stumbled and fell with him and he was crippled for the rest of his life. And he lived way off in Lodabar, a place far away. Until a day when David the king said, is there anyone of Saul, Saul's house or Saul, Jonathan's house that I could show love to? And he called called him to come, Mephibosheth, and he didn't come running, he he came in just crippled and broken, thinking that David was probably going to kill him and call him a dog. But rather than doing all of that and wondering why he had ran away, 
he promoted him into the king's house and said, I want you to come and sit at the king's table. For the rest of your life, I want you to be around me. I want you for the love of Jonathan, for the promise that for you and your household... Lord, before we were even born, there were promises for the believers. Before we were even expressed in our birth date, there was already a message had gone out to gather the elect. No matter how crippled, broken, tired, confused, broken hearted we are, it's time to come back to the king's house. Come back to the king's table. Come into fellowship. I want you here. The Lord is saying, I want you in my house. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you are here working in our hands. Oh, I worship you. Let's stand. I worship you. hearts tonight. I worship you. Miracle worker, promise light in my darkness. That is who you are. Miracle worker, forward and say, you know what? I've heard the Lord calling my name. Oh, you are here healing Jesus. 
voices and begin to thank the Lord. What he did for us Saturday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Here we are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just begin to love him a little bit. I'm encouraging you. You got express out of your heart, oh Jesus. Say something personal. Don't just hear three services and express something. Say something personal. Say, Lord, you've come into our private life. You've come into the personal parts of our hearts. You've come and done these things for us. You've provided all that we have need of. Now I come to you now. Oh, take away the stony heart, oh God. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Give me a vision. Give me your plan. Open up my heart to your will, God. Give me binoculars that would see afar off. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just five minutes in his presence. Could be just exactly what that mother needed. It's what that brother needed in your church. You wonder why he's just kind of distant, why he's aloof. It's because he just needs to come into the presence, to know him personally, hear the voice of others saying, yes, come in, come in. It's a lovely place to be in. It's a lovely atmosphere right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Anybody, anybody else just sensing right here is in the service? Oh, to mend the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. To make something right that the preacher can't, the song leader can't, the organist can't, the drummer can't, the deacon can't. He just, before you partake of natural food and fellowship, and we see some of you come alive and your eyes light up about other things. What about Jesus? What about his presence? What do you think about what you've heard? What do you think about Brother Paul coming this long ways for a sermon? About relationship and personal. What do you think about God giving you seven pages of notes for one service? It's like a personal love letter. And then tonight for him to come again. Just reinforce it. He wants it to be personal. He don't want to be distant. If I was you, I would take his lovely hand. I would walk out of here saying, Lord, you are so precious to us. You are so kind. I want to live with you forever. I want to live like this forever. I want to just drop all the world and all the callousness and all the harshness and all my humanity, God. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Lord, I want to know. To feel the flow
let's sing it. Help us, Brother Ben. Oh, Lord, I want to know you more. Deep within my soul, I want to know you. Oh, I want to know you if I would give my final breath to know you in your death. That's what Jonah wanted. Oh, Lord, I want to know you more. Lord, I want to know you more. Lord, I want to know you more. Deep within my soul. This is you talking back to him now. You've heard some word now. You've been in his presence. Oh, I know your mind. Looking in your eyes. Stirs up within me. Cries that say I want to know. You know. Oh, I want to sing this verse one more time. Verse 2. Brother Ben. Singing, everyone. something before I turn it back to Brother Barry. Some weeks ago I was ministering. You can just play Sister Becky something. Ministering in a certain place and speaking about some personal matters and things for the people. And I spent about 45 seconds. You can play too, brother. I spent about 45 seconds just dropping in something about a broken heart. And if you have a broken heart, God can heal that. And you know, a brother met me after that meeting and he's married and has children. He says, Brother John, I came into that service. Before the service started, I was praying to the Lord about my brokenness, my broken heart. Been through a broken relationship and a father and a mother that had went their way and situations and he said I just came to the service and said my heart is so broken and it was in that service we just took about 45 seconds and said if God if you have a broken heart God can heal that and he came afterwards and told us about that and that God had touched him he just began to weep and break down how many believe God's personal from those services I've never been the same it was like that affected us. I say, God, and I begin to speak about a heart and the heart issues. 
And that we don't want to talk about just surface things and deal with the people and deal with young people and deal with families on surface. we got to go to the heart of the matter. And if a brother can be praying that in a pre-service, God come and answer him in a few seconds. And from those meetings have come sermon after sermon on brokenness and broken hearts and the heart of the matter. That's so wonderful. God's mindful of each one of us. Friends, I don't know what's going to happen after these meetings. But I believe God, Brother Barry, ordained that we all be here together. Face to face. We're not streaming from our home. We're not reading a, a, something, a message from somebody that they, a long time ago. It's alive. It's, we know Jesus more right now than we did yesterday. Is that true? We all know Jesus more than we did even 24 hours ago, 30 hours ago. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Brother Ben. Thank you for your testimonies. Thank you, Brother Barry, for letting us all be here and be healed together. We can all go home helped. Oh, Lord, we now know you more. Deep within our souls, we know you. within our heart and in our minds we've looked into your eyes and we've been stirred Lord we've cried we know you
as
Lord, one more time. Close your eyes. Just thank Him this evening. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And my sins have been washed from His memory. So by the blood
tell you a little quick little story. I was flying one time and I was going from Dubai back to Atlanta 14 hours, 14 and a half hours. And I got on the plane. I was tired after the meetings and got on the, you know, going through the process of checking in. And I said to him, you don't have any upgrades, do you? You know, like a comfy seat, the, you know, the, I'm making money right now. That, And I, I just, they said, no, I was all sold out, full. No upgrades. So I'm down the cargo carrier down here, cargo place. And I'm sitting down there, and I, I, uh, actually my wife was supposed to come, so this seat got sold to another fellow, an old Indian fellow got on there. And he started to take off his socks and his shoes and brought out his food and laid it all out there. And it was, you know, and it was, I thought, well, 14 hours, here we go. <laughs> And uh, then this, right at the very end, when they were getting ready to take off, this woman came on the plane. She was with KLM, and she had a big woman. She had a piece of paper in her hand. She was coming down like this and looking. Now, we road warriors knew exactly what she was doing. We knew she was what she was doing. She comes down, she says, stands right in our area, and she says, I'm looking for Barry Coffee. Uh, we knew what, what she was going to do. Several road warriors knew what she was going to do. And I, I, I started to get up, and I looked around. There was about five people stood up and said, I'm Barry Coffee." <laughs> it was an old woman. She was about 80 years old. She stood up. I'm Barry Coffee," she said. <laughs> and she checked my passport, checked my ID, and you know what? There was only one Barry Coffee, And she said, 
take your stuff, sir, come on with me. And they moved me up into the, into the comfy seats up there. And I thought, you know what? One day, one day, is a lot of people are going to be wishing they were you. But there's only one you. And he knows exactly where you are, and he knows exactly what you're going through, and he knows exactly what you have need of. And in time, the right time, he'll call you. And he'll put his hand upon you, and he'll take you. And you know what? No one else can take your place. No one else can take your place. There's a spot reserved for you. And it may not seem obvious. It may not even seem possible. But you know what? He's the, you're not the one that's in control. And the world's not in control. He's in control. And he just came along this weekend and took you by the hand and said, Hey, I want you to know face to face. I want you to know you're my child. You're my daughter. You're my son. And you know what? Nothing's going to change that. Nothing's going to take that. No one's going to take that away from you. Glory to God. I feel good. I feel good. God is good all the time. What a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. Yes, God is good. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this weekend. We thank you, Lord, for these times in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for these men of God that have just stepped out of the way and allowed you, Lord, to just to use them to speak to us. Thank you, Lord, for how close you can come and how personal you can be. Lord, I pray to strengthen every heart. I pray, dear God, that you would enrich each soul with your presence, Lord, through the days ahead. Father, we depend upon you. We look to you for leadership. We look to you as a healer and a deliverer and our guide. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have called us in this last day. Father, 
We pray that you would bless Brother Paul and Brother John. Lord, give them rest, I pray. Father, just restore unto them what they have put out. And Lord, just multiply it, I pray, and give them of your touch, O oh God. Bless their families, their ministries. And Lord, I just ask that you would just watch over them in the days ahead, Father. Bless our assembly, Lord. And as I leave and go overseas, I just commit my ways to you. And Lord, pray that you would just take complete control of everything that happens, Lord. And may, Father, what is said and done for those people over there, Lord, may it be a real blessing. I commend the congregation into your hands, Lord. Pray that you would be with them. We love you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. And now bless our fellowship together. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. And all the bride said, Amen. God bless you. Make sure you shake hands with Brother Paul and Brother John as you leave tonight. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here and all of our guests and visitors. May God richly bless you. We have food for everybody, an abundance of food, and uh, we want you to just enjoy the fellowship and the fire and uh, everything in this shelter. And uh, may God richly bless you all tonight. Remember us in prayer. Remember the men's meeting. Uh, registration closes at midnight tonight. Sing this as you go. Uh, put it back. Uh, God is good there. If you're walking through the valley, we were sinners so unworthy. Let's sing that as you go tonight. May God bless you. How many are glad you came this weekend? We were sinners so unworthy, yet for us He chose to die. Fill us with His Holy Spirit. Bless you. Oh, my God is good all the time.